Faith at the Fringe, a Sanctuary First podcast series. Uncovering God in the creative arts. At the biggest international arts festival in the world, Sanctuary First stops to ask, where does faith and art meet? Welcome to Sanctuary First and to this series of podcasts entitled Faith at the Fringe. I'm delighted to have with me my co-host and presenter, uh, Rob Rosson. And Rob is a mission development worker with the Church of Scotland. And today we're going to be looking at the particular theme, the Edinburgh Festival of Sacred Arts in the Fringe. And we're going to be talking to the very reverend Professor Gordon Graham, who actually, I think, was the founder of this particular festival. And it will be interesting just to have a conversation with you. And I hope we can call you Gordon. Of course, of course. (laughs) I gave you your Sunday title (laughs) just so that people will know how impressive our guests are. So, uh, great to have you with us, Gordon. Uh, Delighted to have you as part of our our podcast series. Can you tell us a little bit about the festival, the Edinburgh Festival of Sacred Arts in the Fringe? How did it all start? Well, it started, uh, the idea started in about um, 2017, I guess. Uh, Actually, at that time, I was still living in the United States, but I used to come over each summer. I had a connection with St. Vincent's Chapel in Stockbridge. It was a very... Uh, unusual little place and they had signed up as a fringe venue uh, and were hired out the space in the way that churches do and make useful money and um, I came across a church newsletter not theirs but uh, another one which said um, to the congregation for the next few weeks uh, everything apart from Sunday worship is on hold as we give our premises over to the festival and this struck me as a little bit odd I thought why would you put the church's work on hold in an arts festival? Surely <laughs> the church is one of the great repositories and promoters and stimulators of art in the whole of Western history. So that struck me as odd. And then my thought was further prompted by overhearing a little conversation by two lads on the top of a bus. And we were passing a church... Uh, which was advertising as a fringe venue. Mm-hmm. And one kid said to the other, why is it that so many churches are festival venues? And his pal replied, that's because nobody has any use for them as churches anymore. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, here's an opportunity. It may not come to anything, but we should give it a whirl uh, to see if we can get the church doing what the church should be doing in the context of a festival that wants that kind of thing. So if we can just get uh, the church's activities aligned with what people coming to the festival want to see and do, maybe we could make some headway. So it began as an experiment in 2018. We had one venue and we had five uh, events within that one venue. And at the end of it, um, I and the other people involved thought, you know, that works. That's try building it. Uh, Of course, like everybody else, we got a great setback with uh, the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and we had a wonderful program planned for 2020 that just had to be scrapped, and then 2021, it all had to be contracted again. But this year, we finally managed to get back on track, and we have uh, a very full program 
all confined to the central week of the Edinburgh Festival, spread over seven venues and as many of the art forms as we could get. Oh, can I just ask, what are those art forms? Because, you know, we think of arts and, and perhaps, wrong, rightly or wrongly, we think of pictures. But, of course, the arts is much more than that, isn't it, Gordon? It's much wider than that. Uh, I should say, um, not all the arts are present, but the, the main ones. Uh, uh -huh. I like to think of the main ones. So, music is an art. Um, painting and visual art more generally. Um, the um, drama uh, is also... Uh, an art, I mean, going back to mystery plays, but without the mystery plays, there's plenty of uh -huh. uh, drama. Uh, and poetry, of course, is huge. I mean, devotional poetry is enormous. Uh, there are things that, uh, had our um, festival in 2020 not been cancelled, we would have had that we haven't got back yet. One of them is film. So there are some extremely important uh, religious films, or, or films with... Christian and, and more generally religious themes. Uh, but the other are, are actually are, uh, fabric arts, which we've had in previous years, and, or as I prefer to call it, material arts. So one of the unsung um, heroes or, uh, of sacred art is flower arranging. And flowers have meanings, and so we, two years we had the most amazing uh, floral display. And when you go into a church and there are wonderful flowers, most people walk past them and they don't think about them and they don't mm -hmm. at attend to them. So we did that. The other is um, vestments. We've had a, an exhibition of vestments very successful because, again, there's the most amazing artistry in vestments. But these things are obscured when people think of the big paintings and the big pieces of music. So. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. But uh, this year we don't, have, uh, we don't have material arts this no, year uh, and we don't have film art, but next year maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting just to, how you're viewing all this and planning and preparing and reflecting that it's an ongoing project. It's not just something that's going to happen this year, but you're planning for the future mm -hmm. and building on it. So can you tell us a little bit about the places that are putting on different productions or presentations this, this year and where people might find them if they're wanting to uh, engage with some of them? Because I think people would be interested to hear that. Yes. Well, so some of the, I should say some of them uh, are generated by the locality itself. Some of them have a special connection with that locality um, and some of them have been prompted by us uh, in locality. So I'll give you a, a few examples. Um, I should just say, we had decided that we would confine venues as much as is plausible to the central area of Edinburgh. There were people on, in suburban churches uh, and suburban venues who would maybe have wanted to offer something, but we decided that it, it, if you're too far away from the great swathe of people in the festival, maybe this is not a, a great idea. So they're all pretty much central venues. So here are some of the events. We, we Scotland's greatest living composer, I guess, but with a, a special um, interest in sacred music is James McMillan. And James McMillan, a little while back, uh, became patron of music at the Metropolitan Cathedral, let's say the Catholic Cathedral in York Place. And uh, with all the pandemic and all the rest of it, this, his um, acceptance uh, of the position of patron was never really marked. Uh, I happen to know the 
um, director of music there, and he recently, well, the last two or three years, managed to really bring Scuola Cantorum, the cathedral choir, up to a very high standard. So conversation led, one thing led to another. And the 15th of August is the Feast of the Assumption. That is the patronal festival of the cathedral. Uh, James McMillan is their patron. Uh, it's the second day of the Sacred Arts Festival. These things flew together. Wonderful. So, uh, so that, will, that will be a big event. Um, last year we had um, a very powerful performance of the Messiaen Quartet for the End of Time, which Messiaen wrote when a prisoner of war and, and, and performed with other prisoners. Um, and that was very, so we, that's being repeated, not exactly the same musicians, but it's relocated to the Canongate Kirk, which is a wonderful space, oh, yeah. right in the heart of things. Um, so those are our, our two main musical events, but we have um, a, a Purcell concert uh, in St. Vincent's Chapel, and we have um, Vaughan Williams' mystical songs at Old St. Paul's. So there's plenty of music. The visual art is kind of, uh, at least most of it, is really intricately connected with the venues. So there are two, okay, two possibilities, um, I should say, two opportunities uh, for each of these. One is at the Church of the Sacred Heart, and that's the Jesuit Church in Edinburgh. And most people don't, no, it's it's in uh, Lorimer, uh, it's in uh, Lawson Street, and people are not inclined to see it. Uh, it has what uh, an, a most amazing set of the Stations of the Cross. They are, I am told, the largest in Europe. They were painted by an Austrian artist in the 19th century for the Jesuits, and then they were restored in the 1990s, and you just have to step into that place to see. And actually, that's what happened. I went to a concert there, I saw these things, and uh, so the next day I got in touch with the, as it turned out, new priest, and said, hey, you know, c could we do something? And he said, oh yeah, absolutely. So there'll be two opportunities to go on, and he, he is organizing, and will have organized, not just, uh, talk about the uh, murals, but also some appropriate kind of music. People get a sense of how these m murals, enormous as they are, are used. Uh, the other one is uh, in mansfield Traquair, which was the Catholic Apostolic Church, and the um, Edinburgh-based artist, feed me Anna Traquair, she painted these astonishing murals that were nearly lost, actually, when the church fell into serious disrepair. Mm. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a functioning church anymore, but uh, the friends of Mansfield Fraquair have secured them, and th that's um, so we're going to have a little talk on, uh, for people, an introductory talk, and then the guides will take them around the murals. Uh, the, the third visual element is a woman who we had to postpone for two years, but she is unusual in that she is uh, an illuminator of manuscripts very much in the medieval tradition, even though she's a um, 21st century person. So she's based actually in the south of England. So she's coming up, she'll have an exhibition, and she will have um, a couple of short talks. Then uh, we have a poetry event, uh, which is coordinated by and which will be contributed to by Christine De Luca, who was the Edinburgh Macker, uh, from 2014 to 17, and she she writes in English and Shetlandic, and she's a very wonderful person, but also uh, beautiful poetry. 
Uh, and that is sort of focused on environmental themes, actually. It's called Love in Creation. And as well as not just her poetry and other poetry, but it'll be sort of woven together with a, har with a lute, uh, flute player. So, um, and then um, the other, um, I suppose, major item uh, is happening in Old St. Paul's Church. This is um, the drama that takes place, has taken place anyway, a couple of years running in Princess Street Gardens in Holy Week uh, by the theatre group called Cutting Edge. And the, uh, the, the it's the same play as they have done in the gardens, adapted slightly for the interior of uh, Old St. Paul's, which is a wonderful space. And uh, they've given it the title Hope Rises. And it has a little emphasis on the whole refugee problem with an eye to Ukraine and yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, so that's, uh, I may not have mentioned everything. Oh, I, one more thing, um, which was uh, actually volunteered, I didn't know about it, and that is a dance event. And there is a local um, poet called Lizzie Smith and a local dancer who goes by the name of Tamar and a local harpist. And they put together something called I don't know how it flows, but anyway, John Baptist and the Bees. John the Baptist and the Bees. Sounds a name for, great name for a rock <laughs> is, band, does, is. doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, so there's poetry, dance and harp. I, know, I, I haven't seen it. I will see it, of course. Yeah. Um, and that's taking place in St. Michael's and All Saints, which is an Episcopal church at Toll Cross and mm. is in and of itself a most amazing building from 19th century Anglo-Catholic. It's a lovely mixture of the arts coming together, Absolutely. isn't it? You know, with, with music. I mean, as you say, when people are looking at paintings, there's music going to be played and yeah. dances to the music. You know, it's, it, what I'd like to ask, it's a very practical question, this, is that, um, is there some committee each year that says, we will have these? You know, mm -hmm. how, 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 how would you choose what to run, what to organise? Well, it, it's been kind of unfolding. So the background... Uh, organization is the Edinburgh Sacred Arts Foundation yeah. and that is a registered charity in Scotland and I am the chair of that uh, and also director of the festival as it happens but it could be somebody else so that is the body that applies for grants and um, is the legal entity behind all this uh, there is a then that body appoints an organising committee, uh, which is mostly representatives of it's it's a fluid thing, but mostly representatives of the the various venues. And I try to keep make sure there's a mix of people with interest in the arts. We have a drama teacher actually as one of our members th this year, and so it it's a matter of uh, suggestions and. When the word begins to spread a little bit, you do get offers. I mean, you, yeah. people say, could we do something in this? And so it's a matter of a combination of suggesting and, uh, and, and listening and keeping your ear out for what's going on. And then the committee deliberates about these things, says that would make a good... Yeah. And of course, you know, we've only one week. We've decided to... We've only... So we've got to get the times right. We don't want to be competing with our own events. No. So we just, uh, we never, we don't duplicate events at the same time. So that means there's a limit to what we can put mm. on. But mm. Thank you. It's worked. You know, we had a wonderful podcast just the, recently with I Am Mark, 
where we were talking about at the fringe, the faith at the fringe, and we talked about that passage in Mark's Gospel <coughs> where the woman with the issue of blood connects with Jesus and she touches the hem of his arms and the presence, something happens. And it was beautifully presented the way um, Stephen Smart, you know, performed that, that part of scripture. I mean, it brought us right into, we were almost in the presence of it all happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was thinking, how are you, when you're selecting things and how are you encouraging people to engage with the sacred arts that they might engage with the presence of God? Well, um, the first thing I'd say is uh, placing them in context. So if I may just take the example of the uh, Church of the Sacred Heart. So there's a very clear... I mean, people are not going to be attending Stations of the Cross, but you'd have to be blind not to see that these are built into a uh, church and that this is a special presence. Now, I should say we live in a tremendously secularized society, as you know, and so Father Porter, who's the priest there, remarked to me that when he was showing students around as a possible users of it as a fringe venue, one of them said to him, you have a lovely hall here. And it came to him, it came to Father Porter, that this guy has no idea what a church is. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to accept that, uh, you know, we're doing our best to present the treasures of Christian art in all its forms, doing it in a way that will connect with audiences, some of whom uh, will have, but probably a minority, I don't know about that, some of whom uh, will be, I should put this way, alive to religious resonance and other people who will not. Hmm. And that's just how it is. Now, we're connected, as a matter of fact, with a research project, and the research project is run by New College here, and it's focused on these performances. And their student researchers and so on will be trying to find out, does it make a difference? Uh, is it really, uh, are you hearing these things differently, seeing these things differently because of this context, because of the intentionality? And, you know, it's, it's an empirical inquiry. They wait to see what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, my view is, um, for what this is is worth, but I think it's not a it's not I'm not alone in this. The enormously rich inheritance of the Christian Church in all the arts simply has to be something uh, that uh, has a place in one of the most prominent, largest arts festivals in the world. It simply must be the case. I'm going to put my missional hat on here. I'm just saying that uh, over the years, and I appreciate obviously. A couple of them were kind of lost a little bit through COVID, but do you have a story, or you must have, or some stories of people having been moved closer to God as a result of what they have heard or seen or experienced? Well, let me just say a couple of things. I don't, I'm not trying to fudge the issue. Uh, we do need to be careful about this because 
um, we, we have been, fortunately, uh, in receipt of a couple of grants. Now, they're not huge, but they enable us to keep the show on the road. So I don't need to worry too much about ticket receipts. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> but they, these funders, uh, whose purposes are close to ours, uh, but they do want to know that there is no religious test of any kind. Oh, so this is not in yeah. any way restricted. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say, absolutely not. Uh, so you have to be careful about how much you ask and inquire. Uh, all I can say is that um, uh, last year, w- with the uh, performance of the Messiaen Quartet, which is the most extraordinary piece of music, uh, there, there were a handful of people who said that they had found it a most profoundly spiritual experience. Now, I didn't say and couldn't say <laughs> and wouldn't say, uh, is this something new to you, or are you, are you a, a regular yeah, devout church goer? Course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 you understand. I, yeah, yeah. We have to be careful. We want to witness and be upfront mm. uh, and tell it like it is and like we are, but uh, respectful too. There's an element of, of respect yeah. in all of this. When that's one of the reasons why we have one of our taglines in these podcasts is uncovering God mm-hmm. at the fringe. And, and it's to discover, to journey with people to where they are and hear them reflecting back to us what they have encountered in the arts, in their exploration of the arts. Mm-hmm. Because that's the big question that I'm continually thinking about. As I look around the streets and there's literally thousands of people in Edinburgh, why are they here? They're here looking for something deeper within themselves, to engage with something that they're that's there, that they want something more profound in their lives, they want to engage in community, they want to be challenged to think about things. I'll give you an example. Last night we went to see The Merchant of Venice mm-hmm. and and I forgot all about that, that storyline because I heard it when I was at school. Mm-hmm. And watching that, it, it, it challenged me to see and ask questions is this a racist play? Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. anti-Semitic? Mm-hmm. And I had great compassion for Shylock. And then I started to say, so what's happening here? And of course, the people performing the play were not anti-Semitic in any way, but that began to speak. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. And perhaps you're saying too, art will speak through art. The spirit of God perhaps can speak to people and encounter them and allow them to see where they are themselves. I think that's true. Uh, And as I say, we we don't go in for the kind of in-depth questions that might reveal that. Uh, I guess we just hope that it is indeed happening. But I might just add another little dimension. You said, you asked of the crowds, why are people here? And some will be looking for something deeper, more significant. But it is striking, especially if you've been away for a few years like I was, uh, how much the uh, fringe came to be dominated by stand-up comedy Mm. and spin-offs from TV programmes and TV reputations. In 2019, we thought we'd have a little opening ceremony and... um, 
we asked Alexander McCall Smith if he'd come and just give a little talk at the start, and he very graciously agreed to do so. And I couldn't have um, agreed more with him in the theme that he chose, which was very gently done, wasn't in any way aggressive, but just welcoming the Sacred Arts Festival as a bit of a counterbalance uh, to the uh, tendency of the fringe to have become primarily entertainment. So I think a lot of people come for entertainment. Uh, one of the tasks of the arts in general, and the Sacred Arts Festival in particular, is to counterbalance that and say there is more uh, to art, more to drama, more to poetry, music, than entertainment. Mm -hmm. Which is not to diminish the value of entertainment, I mean, so, but the commonest thing for people to say when they come away from something is, I really enjoyed that. They cast it into, I shall put it in slightly tendentious language, they cast it into the consumption of pleasure. And it's a struggle sometimes just to move things away from that mm. framework. Of course, there's another angle that you could take in all of that and begin to think that entertainment in itself is a God-given thing. And to be entertained is to be engaged. And to and I think that was it the, the what the catechism talks about man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Mm -hmm. And so enjoyment and entertainment. Perhaps there's a theology of entertainment that we need to tease out at another time. But I think it's I think there's more to even the comedian, more to what's happening in stand with the stand-up comedian, and more than just simply writing it off as you know mere entertainment. I think there's a depth, furthermore, for us to deep into, to delve into in theology, and uh, you know the whole gospel story of entertainment of of entertaining strangers unaware, entertaining angels. It's, I know it's another interpretation of entertainment, but I think there's there's more for us to be open-hearted and engage with people who are in the secular world and help them see bridges and find bridges into faith. I, I don't deny that. Incidentally, I carefully didn't use the expression mere entertainment. I don't mean to diminish yeah. entertainment at all. And laughter is a terrifically good thing. And humor yeah. uh, is a very... Uh, but I do think uh, that it's a feature of human experience that humor and laughter uh, can be used, well used, in fact, to give a little break from serious things, to stop the pondering and so on, just to give us a gap. And I further think that um, entertainment... Uh, Again, this is a human thing. Entertainment can actually be a vehicle for mockery and cruelty. and um, So you just go back to your example of the Merchant of Venice. I, 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 we don't know enough about Shakespeare, never mind his motivations. Mm. But it could be yeah. Yeah. that he was entertaining the crowd in the pit by mocking, by making a mockery of Jews. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a well, great time. Yeah. This, is, this has been interesting to be able to have gone through a, a whole area there. There's lots for us to perhaps ponder in. And that's what these podcasts are all about, yeah. opening up areas for us to think about, about faith at the fringe and faith connecting with the arts and the arts connecting with faith. 
Mm. And we have had great time together. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. One of the things we've been doing is uh, those who are listening to these podcasts, we've decided that it would be nice to finish them off with a blessing. And to bless those who are listening, even if you're not a person of faith, (laughs) that you've listened to this and hopefully in some way you've been encouraged or maybe even entertained, but more than that, perhaps uh, discovered something that might draw you to seek more into the presence Mm -hmm. of God in the midst of art. Mm. So we're going to say, may the Lord bless you wherever you are and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Until next time, thank you for joining us at Faith at the Fringe and we look forward to being with you in our next podcast. But a huge thank you to you, Gordon, for being with us and for illuminating all the places and illustrating all the places where people can connect with the sacred in the Arts Festival here in Edinburgh. Thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Pleasure. Thank you.